are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sun Devil fans, you're listening to a Monday edition of the Locked On Podcast. What can we say? We talked up all week about how BYU was going to be a threat. Our, our score predictions did have ASU winning, and that didn't turn out to be the case. Uh, but we'll get into what happened. We're going to start with what went well, uh, even though they lost to BYU in a fashion you wouldn't hope to lose in. Uh, there are still good things to take away. We'll talk about some of the bad things that happened as well. Uh, maybe some things we're hoping would improve, uh, but maybe just didn't quite live up to our expectations, and just the ugly. Uh, we're already going to tell you it's, it's going to be based on some of the penalties. And by some, I mean 16 of them. There's just no way that you can go into some of these games and come out with 16 penalties and expect a win. So stick around. We're going to talk about all that here shortly. You're listening to Locked On Sun Devils Podcast. There's no better place to get all your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked On Pac-12 Podcast hosted by Cindy Robinson. Follow the Locked On Pac-12 Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Sun Devils. You can find me, Connor Drios, as well as my co-host, Richie Bradshaw, on Twitter as well. Uh, you can find me at C Drios and find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Richie, I'm going to ask you, I already kind of know the answer. How are you doing after that ASU game? ASU game got me in my feels, but anyone who knows me knows that I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, and we just beat the Kansas City Chiefs, so I'm on cloud nine right now, but... Talking strictly ASU, I'm definitely in my feels. That is the only thing that matters is your feelings towards ASU football. So, for me as well, it, it's just not not the outcome we were hoping for. Um, I mean, you can say that about any single loss, but I'm, I'm going to tell you what this isn't going to be. We're not going to sit here and talk about how we should have beat BYU, right? We had all the opportunity in the world. No pity and, parties here. And it's not a pity party. We did not get cheated out of a win. Um, we had the opportunity right there and just couldn't capitalize. And this was just a straight up situation where BYU played better. They, in a sense, they won, uh, I'm not even sure about the turnover battle, but they didn't make as many mental mistakes as we did. And for most sporting events, that's kind of what you can chalk it up to, right? We are going to start off with talking about the good. Unfortunately, we have a laundry list for the bad and the ugly, but let's at least kick it off with a positive note. Richie, what stood out to you as far as being good? So let's go ahead before we tear down Jaden Daniels for the mistakes that he made. Oh, that's coming. Let, let's praise him because what have we been asking for this season? For him to stretch the ball out and the field and get it to where we're attacking every level of the field, not just underneath in a run game, not just middle of the field, but we want to see him take deep shots. And what did he do early in the game? He took a 58-yard bomb to Andre Johnson, who, if he was a tenth of a second faster, would have walked in for an over 60-yard touchdown. It was an absolute dime by Jaden. It brought me back to his freshman year when he was throwing deep balls down to Brandon Ayuk. It was a thing of beauty. And there wasn't any part of the field that Jaden wasn't afraid to attack. On 29 attempts and 21 completions, he had 265 yards, and he was spreading the ball around. He he did go underneath more than a few times to Rashad White, but he stretched it out with Andre. Johnny Wilson had a couple of nice catches. Bunkley Shelton 
ended up with three for 45. Overall, the passing game looked really good, and I was not expecting it to be this way. I think me and you and all of all of the people who were going into this game that knew anything about the Sun Devils and the Cougars figured that this was going to be a run-heavy game, and whoever could pass the ball more effectively was going to have the upper hand. Well, the Sun Devils passed the ball more effectively in terms of yardage. Obviously, no touchdowns through the air and two interceptions would kind of derail any arguments of it being quote-unquote effective. But we overall pushed the ball all over the field through the air, and I'm impressed. I know that we ultimately didn't win the game, but Jaden definitely was listening to our podcast and said, take a look at this. I would say, well, depending on how many people listen to our, at least last week's episodes, right? We talked a lot about what Jaden Daniels can do or who can be the number one wide receiver in this offense. But it was it was going to be the ground and pound and defensive show for both of these teams. So if you didn't know anything about ASU and BYU and thought, I'll just listen to a couple of these podcasts and get caught up on like what's going on with ASU, and they came out throwing the ball... You'd think we didn't know what we were talking about. I mean, we also said that ASU was going to win. So, I mean, there's maybe a little bit of credibility there. But that's uh, neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Uh, but the game did kick off with quite a few pass attempts, or at least Jaden taking some shots, which at the end of the day, that is all we can ask for. We're wanting Jaden to prove more with his arm. Uh, if you're going to pick apart Daniels, it's going to be uh, maybe some consistency with him as a passer, and especially being able to throw the ball deep downfield. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of this uh, as far as the bad later on. Uh, Jaden did still have some inconsistent, uh, inconsistencies uh, as far as hitting people, uh, more so either in stride or in their chest, uh, throwing a ball a little high at times. Uh, something good that stood out to me was more Daniel Nagata. Chip Trainum was kind of a late scratch to this game. We did expect him to play uh, come Friday, uh, but obviously did not end up playing. Uh, Nagata had 10.2 uh, in attempt. Uh, as well as a rushing touchdown. This team just has such depth on the ground. Like, if you just take Jaden Daniels out of the equation, you have Nagata and Rashad White and Chip Trainum when he plays. I mean, it's almost like you can't take the strength away from this team. It's almost always going to be there, barring something unforeseen. Yeah, the, the run game continues to look strong. And for what it's worth, I just want to point out that Rashad White on Twitter, uh, if you want to follow him, it's at three underscore Chad with two A's. Tweeted out, I have to play better, that's on me. And that that's definitely like crazy to me that Rashad would say that he could have played better considering he had 136 total yards of offense on 24 touches. He scored a touchdown. Rashad continues to be one of the biggest bright spots of this whole team, let alone the offense, and is showing out as one of the three best running backs in the Pac-12 entirely. So White looks great. What we saw at a Chip Trainum two weeks ago has us really excited for his eventual return. And we were under the impression that he was going to return this week. But the day of the game, they ended up deciding to hold him out. So lose our credibility there for saying that he was going to play. But Daniel Nagata continues to pick up the slack. Like Connor mentioned, 10.2 on the ground, 8 carries, 82 yards, he scored. He scored, And yeah, you're, you're three deep at running back, and your quarterback can move the ball with his legs as well. This run game is going to continue to be a strength for the team. And now that Jaden has showed us that he can pass the ball and attack every level of the field, the the I, I mean, the sky's the limit for this offense. 
Last year in a four-game sample, due to the COVID year, the Sun Devils didn't necessarily get to play that many games. In four games, Rashad White led the Sun Devils in total rushing yards as well as total receiving yards. This is another game where Rashad White led the team with 65 total uh, as far as receiving yards. Next closest would be Andre Johnson off one catch and one reception for 58 yards. Richie, what do you think the odds are Rashad White can lead this team again in receiving yards? Um, dude, I'll, I'll tell you what. The thing that's going to make it tough for him is guys like Andre Johnson are just going to get those chunk yards. So I think that Rashad has the inside track to lead us in receptions. But as far as yards go, that's going to be tough. He is just, he's not in a position where he can do it, especially where Andre Johnson's making 20, 25, 30, 50 yard catches once or twice a game. And the rest of the receivers are also getting nice chunks as well. I don't think it's going to happen. But what I can tell you is he's going to have more volume than anybody else because they trust him with the ball in his hands at any level of the field. That's fair. And with Chip Train and banged up, they're leaning on Rashad White. So backing up just a little bit when Rashad White kind of took onus on this game or at least took some of it, the responsibility on his shoulders, I at least see where he's coming from in terms of he's getting a ton of volume. They are trying to produce on offense. He can only, I mean, here's what I would tell Rashad. You can only control what you can control. And when you look at the box score, he's producing. Now, maybe if we go back and look at the tape, maybe he is missing some blocks or something that is flushing Jaden out of the pocket. Who knows? From, from our perspective, Rashad's exceeding, right? Exceeding all the expectations. They're, they're leaning on him a ton, and he's doing the most with what he's got. A couple other things to highlight as far as the good. Uh, with Michael Turk leaving the team uh, so close to the start of the season, it kind of put the special teams unit into a little bit of a frenzy, mostly because you can't find anybody with as big of arms as he can, or as he does on short notice. Uh, but Eddie Zaplicki had a couple nice punts, especially early on in that game. Yeah, Zaplicki looks like a total difference maker on special teams. So people underrate how important it is to have a punter that can absolutely flip the field for you. And Zaplicki was doing exactly that for the Sun Devils, and he continues to do that. He pinned he pinned the Cougars inside the 20-yard line twice. might have even been three times, but there was a couple punts where you, you couldn't have asked him to drop it in better. So Zaplicki looks like he could even be contending for the Ray Guy Award, for Best Punter in the Nation, and maybe even competing for an All-American. Like, as crazy as that sounds, he is that good right now. Richie, I'm not going to lie to you, man. That that what went good segment went longer than I thought it was going to. Uh, we only have so much time to get into the bad and the ugly, but let's get into it. Uh, next, we're going to talk about what went bad for the Sun Devils team. You're listening to Locked on Sun Devils Podcast. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports and daily fantasy. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power 5 conferences, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Price Picks offers you any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns and even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over and under. On their projections, you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron James combined with the under on Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. 
Welcome back to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. That first like 10 minutes or so, that was pretty fun. We were living some great things that had happened during the game. But if my memory serves me, we did lose. And there was a lot of bad things that had happened. Uh, quite a few uglier things that we'll get into. Uh, as far as the bad, I'll kick this one off. What stood out to me is let's talk about that play with Merlin Robertson and uh, Tyler Algier. I don't think I... It, it's probably happened before. But it's been such a long time since I've had my emotions range from interception to all of a sudden we're turning the ball back over. I mean, seriously, how many times on a play do you get two turnovers on one play? I mean, it was just totally nuts. And as I was talking to you off the mic, it it, it was one of those plays where when you see it live, you're so angry because you can't believe that you had that kind of play end up doing nothing for you because it looked like Merlin was going to waltz into the end zone. But Algier didn't give up on the play. And then you saw the replay. And you're sitting there and you're like, you can't even be mad. Merlin was doing everything right. He got down to the sideline. He had the ball tucked towards the sideline. He's running. He's not checking behind him. He knows what's ahead of him. He's going full speed. Merlin is doing everything right on that play. It just so happened that Tyler Algier was so pissed off that he kicked himself into a fifth gear. He looked like DK Metcalf tracking down Buda Baker. I I was hoping... Nobody would ever think about that, or let alone you bring that up, but continue talking. Well, sorry about that, and to all our Cardinal fans, because I know that there's a lot of Arizona State fans that are also Arizona Cardinal fans. Didn't mean to trigger you, but Algier just made this unbelievably good play. He supermans into the air and somehow punches that ball out, and he punches that thing so hard that I'm pretty sure he made Mike Tyson proud sitting there in Vegas with all of the partying that he does. I know that somewhere while Tyson was having fun, he just in the back of his head was just like, good job, Tyler Algier. He just knew. I'm sure he was watching the game. Probably. I mean, Mike Tyson, probably a huge Arizona State fan, and we just don't even know it. I was going to say he's a huge BYU fan, but that makes more sense. Uh, one way or the other. But it, it was just one of those things where you're so mad when it initially happens, but then you look back at the play and you're like, you know what, that's just... Hats off to Tyler Algier, and hats off to the rest of BYU for chasing down that play and not giving up, because I know that there are a lot of teams that would have seen Merlin Robinson streaking down the sidelines and just been like, you know what, I'm not even going to bother chasing it. But Jaron Hall kept up with the play. There was a few other guys who were sitting there, and ultimately they got the ball back. It was like a loss of 47 yards or something like that, and they got a first down out of it. (sighs) To any fan... Sai is right. To any fan that was mad at Merlin Robertson... Me, at first. I, I I just implore you to go back and watch the play. I'm going to echo what Richie said. It was just a, a freak... Well, let, let's just give credit to BYU. That, that it was the epitome of the game. It is one very well-coached team. And one not-so-well-coached team. And we'll get into the penalties as well to, to show some of that. As, That'll be in the ugly. But... It was just a phenomenal play. There's the there's the peanut punch, and there's whatever the heck Tyler Algier did. So as far as the bad, that play will live in infamy as far as this year. Richie, what else stood out as far as bad to you? Bad. I mean, I, I'm curious how we talked about in the first segment how we were happy that Jaden was taking shots. But we've talked about Andre Johnson potentially stepping up to be a number one receiver since before the season started, or at least 
um, once the podcast got started, we've been talking about Andre Johnson stepping up to be the number one receiver. And he just hasn't. He had that 58-yard bomb. And then what did he do for the rest of the game? I believe nothing. Uh, Yeah, trick question. He did nothing. You can't do that if you want to be the number one receiver for a team that needs a number one receiver. So I'm highlighting the bad as Andre Johnson's inconsistency. He has shown the ability to be the big play receiver that the Sun Devils desperately need in the pass game. but And maybe it's a volume thing, but he's not... He's not getting the looks that he needs, and he's not doing anything with those targets anyways. He's he's good for one big play a game, and then he's just going to disappear. What's tough is let's he's at least a freshman, so maybe the ceiling should be a little bit lower on him. But yeah, as, we'll give him some grace. But as a, a fan who just – we need someone to step up. We talked about that a lot this last week, and that's going to be a topic that we talked about going forward. <clears throat> Especially for that to happen so early in the game, for nothing else to happen, we don't need a 58-yard reception every game. We don't need a 58-yard reception, or at least like that kind of a, a target every single drive or half. We're just asking for some sort of consistency from him. For Jaden Daniels to air the ball out, or at least get what was it, almost 270 passing yards, and for him not to get one more receiving yard the rest of the game, that's just mind-boggling to me. It is, and it just it just comes down to we're we're looking for more consistency. So, you you gave a fair point. He is a freshman; he's still learning the system. So we do need to give him some grace there. I will admit that. But at the same at the same token, Andre needs to step up because the team needs him to step up. So I'm definitely got my eyes on him. I know he can do it. That's the biggest thing. I know that Andre Johnson is capable. Based off of the flashes in the pan that he's given us, I know that he could be a X receiver for this team. But he needs to actually step up to the plate and be that for the Sun Devils. So in the first segment, you talked about Jaden and you said, you want to talk about the good. And looking at the box score, uh, I mean, other than the interceptions, like he did do a lot that was good. 70% completion. He had, what what ended up being, so 20... 29 attempts, 265 passing yards, so high eights, low nine yards per attempt. I mean, that that's pretty friggin' solid. You can't ask for much more out of your quarterback. Interceptions, extremely untimely. Yes. And some of his inaccurate passes that weren't even turnovers, it, it's just several times missed open receivers, and it's like, dude, what are you doing? Uh, mistakes are going to happen. You're, you're not going to have a quarterback who's going to complete every single pass and every single pass be accurate as well. Maybe sometimes that does happen, but it's just, we're not expecting perfection out of Jaden, but his misses, they've got to be a little bit closer. There was a, a target to Curtis Hodges. I want to say that actually ended up being a, a turnover. Curtis Hodges is a pretty big guy. or he, No, it might have been uh, Johnny Wilson. You know what? It was definitely Johnny Wilson because we were watching that game and we're thinking, how the heck do you overthrow a six foot seven Johnny Wilson? by that much that ended up leading to it or leading to a turnover as a quarterback you want to be able to throw the ball where only your receiver can get it and i understand that but you're throwing passes that like where the sky cam could get it you just can't miss guys by that much and ultimately maybe if it didn't turn into a turnover it wouldn't have stood out to me as much as it did but Jaden, you just you got to be better on some of those misses man if if we're going to continue to win some games, especially against some quality opponents coming up, those are going to turn into interceptions more often than not. You just can't do that. Well, and 
I'm, I'm going to play off of, I know you're going to be mad at me, because you think that he walks on water, but Curtis, is it Hodges? Hodges. Yeah, Curtis Hodges had some absolute brain farts during this game. He had a couple penalties that were on him, and the Jaden's first pick bounced right off his chest. That was bad. That was very bad. So Curtis Hodges needs to step up. I'm absolutely calling him out because he has shown the potential to be a freaky good tight end, and he just too too many mental errors. So I'm frustrated. But I do love Curtis Hodges. I love the upside, and I think he could be dynamic in this offense but he had a bad week and there's no sugarcoating that he needs to be better if you thought our tone was bad in this segment just wait to the last segment when we talk about the ugly last week we got to talk about the game balls and we were we look forward to doing that in later segments but in in a a loss this bad or at least a loss we can't talk about the game balls we can't distribute those to some of the good players you want to talk about game balls game balls game balls absolutely i just hope we can win a game not yeah not this week you're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. All right, Sun Devils fans, let me tell you that living in Arizona, there is some things that are just absolutely awful to deal with, and one of those things is excessive sweating. Whether it's because of the dry heat of the Arizona desert or just something that you've always dealt with, it's no fun, and it's something that I can personally tell you I deal with on a regular basis. But I'm telling you right now, there's an absolute game changer and it's called Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor created and doctor recommended. It works for up to seven days per use and is dry shirt guaranteed. If it doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Sweatblock is a terrific product. All you have to do, you apply it once at night, let it let it get all soaked in and taken care of, and then for up to seven days, but you're guaranteed three to four good days, you're not gonna have that excessive sweating problem. I can tell you right now it's a total game changer. Use sweat block when you're thinking about going on a first date with that just beautiful person that you've been trying to get the nerve to ask out for the longest time or before a super important job interview. Whatever the situation is, sweat block is going to be your best friend. So make sure that you go over to sweatblock.com and use the promo code locked on and get yourself 20% off from sweatblock.com, your best friend to help you with excessive sweating. Let me paint you a scenario. You're walking around the grocery store and you know you need to get more protein in your diet. You have no idea what to get. You've talked to friends or family members and they've given you suggestions, but you don't really know if you can trust them. Let me tell you about this great product. Uh, you can actually check out Built Bar to get your protein intake. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited, limited time offer? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their phase. And if you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. And ultimately, there's going to be something for everyone. You know what my favorite is? Mine's definitely the mint brownie. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you could get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. All the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Some of the other flavors have 18 grams of protein as well, just 180 calories, just five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get that mint brownie or raspberry or whatever else you like. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% at builtbar.com. And we're back with our last segment of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I might have mentioned in the last segment that our, our tone could have been 
good to somewhat worse, it's going to get much, much worse. Again, at the very top of the podcast, we had talked about this is not a pity party. We, but it's going to be a pity party right now. You said it wasn't a pity party. Uh, it's probably not. It, it's more like a like a rip sash. Like imagine an Eminem diss track. That's what we're about to do to the Sun Devils. Okay, just so long as we're not liars. We we respect BYU. Um, Kalani Satake. It was a very well coached game. His team was very disciplined, and it showed. It was two very different teams on each side of the field. The Sun Devils, on the other hand, I'm going to throw a stat at you. Uh oh. So well, no, mostly two. Uh-oh. Do you know how many penalties we had? 16. 16. Do you know how many penalties we've had in the first three games of this season? That It's got to be, like, what, 35? 36. 36 penalties in three games. And only one of those games really mattered. One of them. Yep. So that's 12 penalties a game, which is three, three per quarter. I am not going to go as far as to say I missed the Denison Air. Dennis Erickson era. That is way too far. I like Herm Edwards. I would love to get a drink with that man. That being said, I feel like I'm looking in a mirror, man. I, I Like, watching this game, it just feels like there's no different. You have how many uh, starters returning on both sides of the ball? You are how many years into the Herm Edwards program? This is supposed to be the year. It's not even so much about winning just the Pac-12 South. This is his team, and they're just so... Uh, they're not disciplined at all. I, I have no idea how Herm Edwards doesn't have control of this team, or potentially even the locker room. But, I mean, it, it's just so frustrating to watch them beat themselves. This was a somewhat close game, even though they lost by 10. Um, you have so many penalties, and you're shooting yourself in the foot. How can you go beat? You might be able to get away with beating the Arizonas, the Southern Utahs, and the UNLVs of the world. But you can't get away with beating even a BYU team, let alone the UCLAs or even the Stanfords. Or, God forbid, if you ever had to play in Oregon, you're not going to be able to get away with winning these games by having 16 penalties. I will tell you just to play devil's advocate for part of what you no, said. No, that's not what the segment is about. This is about, you said this is a diss track. We are going to diss. How dare you play the good cop in this case? I, it, it is just for one thing that you said. Okay, fine. You mentioned it being similar to the Dennis Erickson era, and I will definitively disagree with you there. That's fine. The, the difference between the two is these are mental errors, and it's just stuff that can be cleaned up. It can be fixed with but Dennis when, Erickson. When is it going to get fixed? With Dennis Erickson, it was personal fouls because it was Vontez Perfect running around the field and causing havoc. Those Arizona Sun Devils were undisciplined in a character standpoint, whereas these Sun Devils are un, are undisciplined in an execution standpoint. But it nonetheless needs to be fixed because this is going to lose you games. You are committing penalties when you need crucial stops on defense. You are committing penalties that are negating big plays for your offense. You are committing penalties that are completely derailing any momentum that you are trying to build up to win football games. So these penalties are inexcusable. It needs to be cleaned up. It needs to be fixed. Or you're going to have a very tough time competing for the Pac-12 South, competing for the Pac-12 title, and trying to get to a Rose Bowl appearance that you haven't seen since the 90s. That is the goal right now, is to get to a bowl game that matters. And if you want to get that far, you need to get your act together and stop committing penalties that are so mind-numbingly stupid that it dumbfounds me, the fan who's sitting on the couch who's not even in the game. I know you weren't talking to me, but I feel like I was in trouble. So I just used my teacher voice. Okay, wonderful. 
just as long as, as I know I'm not in trouble. So the comparison to Dennis Erickson, that's totally fine. It, it's just more so in the, the terms of sheer volume of just dumb penalties. I even saw people on Twitter. People on Twitter were talking about how the, the refs were being paid by BYU. I, I can't tell you how many easy false start penalties there were where clearly ASU was jumping off sides. We can't be that fan base. We're definitely not going to be that podcast where we point to, to uh, one or two plays where maybe the refs didn't go our way. When we can easily look back at ASU, uh, there was a play specifically with Tyler Johnson, could have probably been called for targeting again, and didn't. It's just one of those things, if I'm BYU and I get that called against me, I'm kind of upset I didn't get that call. So you can't go back and complain about what the refs did and didn't do. You don't get 16 penalties on accident because uh, the refs aren't doing everything in your favor. This is 100% on ASU. It's got to be fixed. Or you start to get in some of the bigger games, you might not even be the best team in Arizona. I take that back. I take that back. That's way too far. I was about to slap you. Yeah, let's, let's not go that far. What I will say is everyone wants to have this victim mentality of, oh, we have to play against the refs every week. And sure, maybe there are a few bad calls that go against you, but every team is a victim of that. And these penalties are so easy to stop committing. That, that's the worst part of it, is these are penalties and these are flaws in the game that are so easily correctable that I don't understand why this continues to be a struggle for the team week in and week out. There was a play towards the end of the game where it was so loud in that stadium, and they had, I think, back-to-back false start penalties. Jaden literally had to run up to everybody on the line and tell them what the count was. Yeah, and uh, what was it? What Was it this past game or the previous game where there were four false start penalties in the first drive? I think that was last week. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable. To the point where you're sitting there and you're like, at this point, you just need to do a hard count because your guys clearly aren't understanding when the ball is going to get snapped. But it's more than the false starts. It's the illegal formations. It's the 12 men on defense. It's the holdings. It's everything and every anything and everything in between. Insert other penalty names here. Yeah, it just, it, it feels like, at, like at this point, it feels like every single penalty that's in the rule book, Arizona State has committed four times. Okay, deep breath. Real- Realistically, the Sun Devils are 2-1. and one. The Pac-12 in general, especially the South, is a mess. And they are still in a great spot to go take that title. They get Colorado next week, who was just shut out by Montana. And we'll talk about, uh, we'll preview that upcoming game later this week. Yeah, I'm curious which Colorado is going to show up. Is it the one that only lost to a top 10 team in Texas A&M? Same. By, what, three points they lost by a field goal? Or is it the one that just got shut out? We'll see, man. At the end of the day, we say this all the time. We'll say it throughout the rest of this week. You have to take everything game by game. You can't look down our schedule and think, well, this is a loss or this is a win because things are constantly changing. But after this kind of a loss, you've got to go take care of business. you got to go show people why uh, initially you were ranked coming into the season and why you were ranked after the first two games. Again, we give all the credit to BYU. Kalani Satake had a very well-coached team, and it showed. We were outplayed and outclassed, uh, so hopefully we can come back this week and regroup and come out and play well against Colorado this week. For what it's worth, before we close this out, because I just need to rant, I cannot believe that Arizona State went on the road to play BYU 
lost by 10 points when it probably should have been worse. They played their hearts out, and you dropped them completely out of the top 25. I am beyond furious about that. I had some choice words when I was talking to my dad about it, and I was ranting about it. So for what it's worth, Sun Devil fans, I am completely outraged that we would be dropped out of the top 25 for going on the road and playing BYU as tight as we did. So it, it it's beyond me. But I'll tell you what, just keep that as a chip on your shoulder. Come back this week against Colorado, smack them in the face, and let's get ranked again. All right, that is it for our Monday edition of the podcast. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at Cedrios, and you can find Richie at RichieBrads36. Remember to, to like and follow us on Twitter. As far as our Twitter page goes, you can find us at LO underscore Sun Devils. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.